3: Welcome to Main Street Vegan with hosts Victoria and Adair Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here with her daughter, Adair, a lifelong vegan and an actress, a playwright, and a stunt performer to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now let's get this party started. Here are your hosts, Victoria and Adair.
4: Hey everybody, how are you doing out there in Radioland? This is Victoria Moran, and you're listening to Main Street Vegan. I know that the announcement still says that I'm here with my daughter, Adair, but anybody who is the mother of a grown-up kid knows that sometimes they just go out and do their own thing, and that's what's happening with Adair. She is still very much vegan, but very busy with her life as a stunt performer who said vegans were wimpy. And as a wildlife rehabilitator, she's got a couple of pigeons in the flight kit, in her backyard in Manhattan right now and uh, out having a great life. And I hope you guys are having a great life as you're listening along on your iPad or your computer or your telephone or whatever it is. It's wonderful to be connecting. I am talking to you in the glorious afterglow of the second course of Main Street Vegan Academy. You can check out our academy at MainStreetVegan.net slash academy. This is a five-day intensive in New York City to train and certify vegan lifestyle coaches and educators. This is to give people not only the credentials but also the capacity to go out there into the world and carry the vegan message so that they can coach and counsel People paying customers uh, by by phone, by Skype, in person, and also do presentations and really help share with the world this wonderful way of living that helps people be healthier and happier and younger and fitter, and also save the lives of animals, mitigate some of the suffering on this planet help the environment, my gosh, who wouldn't want to come to New York City and spend five days with me and do something that absolutely cool. So we have another course coming up in February, February 19 to 24, and other courses in June, August, and November of 2013. So do check that out at MainStreetVegan.net slash academy. We would love to have you if that's something that speaks to your heart. Some of the people that were part of the Academy last week came from afar. We had a wonderful couple from the San Francisco area. Women came from Minneapolis, and others were a little bit closer, uh, Boston, Baltimore, and and the New York area. But it was so interesting to me that in the wake of Hurricane Sandy, and oh my goodness, a lot of people are still digging out of that, and they're going to be dealing with that for quite some time, so sending them light, donations, volunteer time, and whatever else you've got is a wonderful, wonderful thing. But do you know, everybody showed for Main Street Vegan Academy. And one of the fun things that we did was our Lower East Side and East Village field trip. And those of you who have been reading the papers and watching the news know that these were parts of the city that were very, very badly hit by the hurricane. So we had to cram our whole field trip into one day because they still didn't have power down there for us to divide it up and do it on, on two days. But I just have to tell you, we had... The most fun. It's so exciting and energizing to support businesses that are doing the same sort of thing that you believe in. So, oh my goodness, we went to Sustainable NYC which has all this stuff that is recycled and, and supports the planet. I mean, cool things like coasters made out of the inside part of old vinyl records and uh, other coasters that are made out of keys, just welded together keys. They were so cool. And... Um, These wonderful, wonderful wallets that are absolutely weightless and totally biodegradable. That one was really fun. Then we went to a place called High Vibe in the East Village which is a store for people who are interested in the raw food lifestyle. Now, you know these raw fooders. We are going to have some of them on. Actually, today, our, our guests coming up at uh, 10 or 11 past the hour, Doctors Brian Clement and Anna Maria Clement of the Hippocrates Health Institute, promote a raw food lifestyle. And, oh, my gosh, they look fabulous. Raw food people tend to look fabulous. We are going to have another one on in a few weeks. I'm just looking here to see when she's coming. She may be coming in December. Let's see. December 12th, Annette Larkins, the ageless woman. I don't know if you have followed Annette's story, but she's one of these YouTube phenomena. She was on um, the news in her local area in South Florida. She is in her 70s, and she looks like an extremely, extremely attractive and well-preserved 45. So raw is cool. I'm not all raw myself. Do not pretend to be. But oh my goodness, um, it it can do wonders, wonders for a person. So my engineer is just telling me that we don't have the uh, description for the show up for today, but it is Dr. Brian Clement and Dr. Anna Marie Clement. They're going to be talking about their brand new book, Seven Keys to lifelong sexual vitality. And if that doesn't keep you listening, gosh, I don't know what would. And we're also going to be talking with them about their previous book, Killer Fish, How Eating Aquatic Life Endangers Your Health. But anyway, back to the story I was telling you about our field trip So we went to High Vibe, and people had so much fun tasting all these wonderful delicacies. There's a great cheese, and it it really is a delicacy because this stuff is pricey. I buy it three times a year and slice it very, very thinly, but it's called Dr. Cow's Tree Cheese. So we were tasting that kind of thing, and chocolate-covered goji berries and all, all sorts of Fabulous, fabulous goodies. We had lunch that day at Pure Food and Wine, the gourmet raw restaurant in New York City. That's going to be a regular part of, of Main Street Vegan Academy. Uh, they were kind enough to give us a lovely discount and. Maybe the most extraordinary lunch I've ever had in my life. We also um, had optional dinners at Candle Cafe West, Blossom, which also was very, very generous in uh, making it affordable for Academy students to enjoy a really, really wonderful meal. And we also went to Vote Couture in Brooklyn, and some people bought their wonderful vegan winter coats for the season, and the rest of us just oohed and odd at the wonderful vegan winter coats. Coats for the season. So it was fun. You know, I worked really hard because after everybody left, I had to get ready for the next day. So it's really a marathon for me when we do the, the program. But you know, when you do something you love, it is so much fun. I'm kind of finding that now with having a dog. I have my lovely little adoptee, Forbes, who's just as sweet as he can be. Now, he's having health problems. He does have heartworm disease from having been a stray down south. But I'm going to put him in Silent Unity uh, before he goes in for his treatment this weekend. And if you don't know Silent Unity, they've been praying for people round the clock for over 100 years. So if you're someone who believes in the power of prayer or kind of wishes you could believe in the power of prayer, uh, give them a call sometime when you need it. Silent Unity, the number is 800. 800- now pray or 800 They'll pray for animals, they'll pray for people, they'll pray for just about anything. Now, prayer is an interesting thing. I know it is not changing the mind of God, because God is love, and that just means we are love to pieces. But there's something about doing it, and also something about having other people do it with you and for you, just holding you up in thought, that seems to do a lot. And I know that I'm going to be well fortified before I take Forbes in for arsenic treatment for for heartworm disease and just holding him in the light and knowing that he's going to be fine because, you know, he's only the cutest little dog in the whole world, and I know I'm totally prejudiced. Something else I want to let you know about coming up this Friday, Fur Free Friday. So check out PETA.org and see if there are some fur-free events happening in your part of the world. There are so many wonderful ways to stay warm and be chic that let other beings keep their skins and just let you be elegant and gorgeous. So stay with us through the break, and we will be back with Doctors Brian and Anna Maria Clement of Hippocrates. We're going to talk about sex and about why you really do not need to eat salmon. Stay with us.
1: You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now.
0: The Voice of an Awakening World.
5: John is looking for
6: adventure. Mumbai is a must-see, and the night safari, that's one for the life list. Joe is seeking a little
5: Eastern enlightenment. As the Buddha said, it is better to travel well than... Arrive. Both find peace in daily meditation. Both Joe and John will find exactly what they're seeking on Spirit of the East, a 14-day voyage from Singapore to Mumbai. And so will you. Join us April 17th through May 1st, 2013. Spirit of the East, a perfect blend of relaxation and adventure. Explore more at unity.org/slash spirit of the East.
2: Are you feeling trapped by a situation you can't control? Don't know where to find help? Do you wonder if help even exists? It does, and it's always been there for you, hidden inside the ancient New Testament story of Lazarus. Unity Books invites you to unlock the secrets to peace and healing in The Lazarus Blueprint, new from best-selling authors Mary Alice and Richard Jafola. Marvel as they unveil six steps for overcoming seemingly impossible situations. Read about people like you who've used the steps to triumph over personal illness, financial hardship, and even the loss of a loved one. The Lazarus Blueprint offers a fresh new approach for fixing anything in your life. With steps so universal, timeless, and powerful, they can work for everyone. Make it your turning point. Get the Lazarus Blueprint today online at unitybooks.org.
3: You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria and Adair Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan.
4: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm your host, Victoria Moran. You can find out more about what I'm about at MainStreetVegan.net. Would love to hear from you. I am so honored to be introducing our guests for our next two segments. These are people that I have admired for so long, they are doctors Brian Clement and his wife, Dr. Anna Maria Clement of the Hippocrates Health Institute. Now, if you're a vegan, if you're somebody who's listening to this show on purpose instead of having just wandered onto it, and I welcome both of you, both kinds of listeners, happy to have you. But the people who are familiar with this world know Hippocrates Health Institute. The way that people who know education, no Harvard. Every month when the insurance bill comes, the health insurance bill, my husband and I are both self-employed. And so I write out the check for the $1,200 because that's the responsible thing to do. But then I complain. I know I shouldn't complain, but I do. And I always say to my husband, I resent writing this check because if, heaven forbid, anything bad happened to me, I'd go to the Hippocrates Health Institute. I wouldn't even
5: use <laughs>
4: insurance. So it's really, really wonderful to have the Doctors Clement on the show today. We're going to be talking first about their brand new book, Seven Keys to Lifelong Sexual Vitality. How's that for a topic on a church station? <laughs> Welcome to both of you. Thanks for being with us.
6: Well, it's nice to be here and with your audience. Uh, uh, Dr. Anna Marie and I uh, cumulatively have over 80 years of working on the front line with ill people and conscious people. And we had a dialogue that was going on during our 30-some-year-old marriage that we would question, do you think maybe Mary that we saw today has cancer of the breast or maybe the liver because she hasn't had intimacy with her husband, and she hasn't been able to express her healthy sexuality in a committed relationship. And after both concurring that that was why Mary or Joe or Sally uh, got sick, we said sometime we have to write a book, and finally did that recently. And we talk about sex in a very non-mystical way, more biological way, and explain it as a driving force that governs everything we do. It's not just about having sex or making babies. All thoughts, all actions, all communication has sex hormones at the bottom of it. And I think what has happened in recent, you know, generations and, and millennia that missteps in philo- philosophical and religious understandings of sexuality have made us really suppressed in, a, in our expression of this. And we're talking, of course, Dr. Annemarie and I, about committed love relationships. We're not talking about wild sexual relationships. And we do understand, uh, being where we are in the, in the opportune circumstance we find ourselves in, that sexuality and the lack of the expression of sexuality quite often leads to disease.
4: Well, That makes perfect sense when you look at nature and see how everything that we need to do to get by as a species is very pleasurable or it's supposed to be breathing, <laughs> eating, sex and yet there's so many things wrong with people in our culture so that these very simple activities that are supposed to be so wonderful turn out to be difficult, laborious, or impossible. So what's wrong with us? Why are so many Americans having problems with their sexuality?
5: Well, what's, what's very sad for us every day when we uh, see our guest here is to find out that the stress, level that most people have in their life now, the foods that they didn't eat and and the the, the camaraderie, I think, also with their spouses is uh, really, uh, it's strained. And everybody wish that they had a good relationship. It's the first thing people ask, how do I increase my libido? It's the first thing, and it doesn't matter if you have cancer, stage four, you have three days to live. That's the first thing that comes out of our guests, believe it or not. So, Brian, and I felt we have to write this book. Oh,
6: that's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Brian? As, as, as Dr. Anna Maria just expressed, you know, this is really foremost on people's minds, and somehow they want us to give them license or sort of blessings on allowing them to to say this, because too often, especially women, you're told that you cannot really articulate about sexuality. And, you know, when we did some research, which was pretty extensive, and as much as we did think we knew about sex, we were stunned at how little we did know. Uh, Some of the statistics we found were just stunning. Uh, To give an example, if you ask the average American, who's the most promiscuous people in the world? We would probably say, right off bat, the French. Do you realize that the French uh, have out-of-wedlock relationships 36% of the time, where Americans have it 50% of the time?
4: Fascinating.
6: Yeah, We look at women expressing sexuality. A high percentage of women have to fake orgasms. But why? Because we've trained socially indoctrinated women that you're to please men. And men have not been trained by their fathers nor their mothers uh, to, to nurture and to support and to love their wives. And so it's more of a conquest intimacy for a man uh, than it should be. Uh, we don't have the healthy view, as Anna pointed out, camaraderie isn't there. Uh, We don't look at our our spouse as our best friend, and to me that's the saddest of all things. Mm -hmm. Why would you live with this person? Why would you have children with this person if they're not your best friends? Mm -hmm. And, you know, all of these things have to be revisited because if you talk about social abnormalities, there's no greater social abnormality than what we're discussing now.
4: So... When you say in your book that these are keys to lifelong sexual vitality, how did we get to have a culture where it's just determined that sex is for the young and once you get to a certain point, it's not only unusual to have sex, it's kind of disgusting?
6: Yeah, you know, isn't it odd? <laughs> where in other cultures, the Asian culture is an example, it is the norm that until the day you die, you have uh, relationships with your wife or your husband. Mm-hmm. And if you're attracted to that 20-year-old woman or that 20 old man enough to get married and to make children together and have a nest, uh, why wouldn't you be attracted to that person 50, 60, 70 years later? That's what's disgusting to me, <laughs> not, that, mm-hmm. not that you're not with a person. And, you know, mature people develop their own values and their own virtues, and they don't try to be be, be something they're not. So when you're 60, you're not 20. It doesn't mean you cannot express yourself sexually and want to look sexy and want to take care of yourself at 60. It just means we're rational enough at 60 to realize we're not going to look like we're 20, and we're not going to want to make love five times a day like people do when they're 20. But it doesn't mean you should never make love. You should never share what we consider one of the highest Uh, examples of spiritual connectivity
4: well let's let's help our listeners and anyone who wants to call in with a question or a comment our toll-free line is 888-558-6489 so every time i turn on the tv at night there is an ad for ed erectile dysfunction why is this (laughs) such a problem and what can men do about it
6: but number one of the funniest part of that ad is they say if you have an erection for four hours, go to your doctor. That's the last place you should go. <laughs> <laughs>
5: well, see what we're trying to do with this book is to uh, make it fun to take care of yourself, make it fun to eat well, exercise, and and make good relationships if you don't have that already, because. You know, if we are obese or if we are underweight or we're really tired, we're overstressed, we're in chronic stress, sex is going to be last on your mind. It's just uh, it yes, you wish you had libido, but you can't handle it. And so we're trying to get people back to, to loving it, loving life, loving themselves. It's
6: through proper, clean, vegan, organic diets, exercise... Uh, healthy visualization, you know, uh, sharing, expressing to one another. Uh, to give an example, 40 year old young men in North America, 50% cannot sexually perform. Now, I didn't say 70, I didn't say 80. 40 year old young men. Whereas when you go to the more natural or uh, indigenous areas of Asia, they don't have problems in their 80s like this. And as Anna just pointed out a minute ago, it's the obesity, the toxicity that these people have, the stress in their lives, uh, you know the high-speed lifestyle that we've all chosen. Uh, if you look, for instance, at Viagra, the number one user group of Viagra is 20- to 28-year-olds young men as a recreational drug. Now you know how scary that is as physicians, we realize that constantly, unnaturally pumping blood flow to the genitalia, by the time these young men are in their 30s or 40s, they're going to be dead in the water. We also know that Texas A&M, with their great research community there, did a study and compared Viagra to watermelon and literally found out that watermelon was more effective than Viagra. And in watermelon, there's something called citrulline, And citrulline is a phytonutrient. You find this in the raw watermelon, and more of this citrulline is in the rind, and you can take that rind if it's organic, and juice it. Don't throw it away. And the seeds, although the the red meat itself of a watermelon has it. And that citrulline in the body converts to arginine. And arginine relaxes the vessels of the body, allowing blood flow to come. It's also great for the cardiovascular system, for the brain, uh for urinary and uh, kidney cleansing, but this is stronger than Viagra. And people just don't realize that nature and God, if you will, literally put here for everything we need it.
4: Well, you know, there is a guy who comes to my neighborhood here in New York City all summer long, and he sells watermelons from his garden. I'm going to mark on my calendar next summer to tell us <laughs> you're
6: going to have a, a very that. lively summer.
4: <laughs> he is going to do. A yeah, I'm night- going to
6: be in New York City speaking this Saturday and on Sunday on Long Island.
4: Well, tell yes, I know you're going to be speaking for Accent on Wellness, and you'll be with uh, Dr. Lodi. You're going to be talking about cancer and cancer prevention. Is this correct?
6: That's correct.
4: And how how and, do people uh, find that? And then
6: on Sunday, we're going to be out at the Naval uh, Conference. It's a Naval Health Conference on Long Island. I believe it's in Garden City or somewhere close by.
4: Great. Well, anybody you can find the- all of
6: this on our website. Uh, our website, of course, is www.hippocratesinst. I'll spell it H I P P O C R A T E S I N S T, all one word, dot org. Hippocratesinst.org.
4: Great. And the Institute itself is in South Florida. It is absolutely stunning. People go there to recover from all sorts of awful diseases, and other people go there because they want the vacation of a lifetime. It, That's is- true. You know, it's yeah. fun.
6: Half the, half the people that come are as healthy as can be. And mm-hmm. We have everything from movie stars to poor people that come here. This, we're an equalitarian institute that wants to help the world come back to normal.
4: Now oh, that's that's fair. It really takes the word spa to the ultimate meaning. So so go to Hippocratesinst.org dot org and check out everything that's going on there, including Doctor Clement's lectures in in New York City if you're in this area. Now I was interested in the watermelon, obviously, but I want to know: Are there aphrodisiac foods? Is this just a myth, or should we be eating some special foods for special oh, good no, times?
6: They're not the ones you and I uh, were were taught were good for you. For instance, oyster is not an aphrodisiac. You want to deaden your libido, uh, eat an oyster filled with heavy metals, deadly chemicals, and saturated fats. Do not eat chocolate. It kills libido. (laughs) So when I was a kid, they say, eat chocolate and oysters. Well, you know, maybe there were people who were anti-sex that were teaching us that (laughs) because they don't help. But Anne is going to tell you some things that really well, do I mean, help. So
5: what if I make a beautiful salad? I have lettuce in there. That has a lettuce. It has actually an opiate that helps to activate sex hormones. I put maybe dill, which is great for women, and the herb helps to increase egg production and the desire for intimacy. And I want to put Jerusalem artichokes in there that gives an energy That um, without um, sugar. But you can't do
6: that on the Sabbath, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) It
5: says take four ounces on the morning of any plant sexual intimacy. And then, of course, I want sprouts, like uh, all the kinds of sprouts, old sprouts.
6: Remember, sow your wild oats? Wild oats,
5: oats, yes. (laughs) And pea greens. They have high levels of amino acids. They enhance red blood cell production and can sexually arouse males. Uh-oh. Uh, spelt grout, grow, uh, sprouts, uh, these protein-rich grains contain high levels of vitamins and amino acids. So, you know, you can make a beautiful salad, and th- this is, uh, it's amazing. That is the great us for these here.
6: Yeah, and a lot of these salads, I know at, at night, uh, w- which we'll be doing in a couple of hours here, uh, we go home and we put five types of seeds on our salad. Chia seed, an amazing aphrodisiac. Uh, sprouted flax seed, uh, an amazing aphrodisiac. Hemp seed, an amazing aphrodisiac. Poppy seeds, an amazing aphrodisiac. And so down the list we go, and some things that people may think are good, like soy milk, it kills libido. Mm. Uh, soy is not good for you. It has high estrogen levels, so it feminizes men and masculates women. And so what we have to know is that some of the things you think, you know, cupcakes. You know, I was recently doing a television show, and I brought cupcakes on, and, of course, everyone was chomping at the, the bit to eat them, and I had a hard time washing the stench off my hand from touching one. And I said to them, you know, most of you think it's romantic to eat cake before you, you make love, And the truth of the matter is one half of it is saturated fat. You want to knock down libido and clog up the veins so blood doesn't get to your special parts. Just eat lots of fat. Mm -hmm.
4: Well, I see right here in your book where you're talking about baked goods. And, you know, baked goods are tough for people. I think one of the hardest things for people going vegan or trying to eat a healthier diet is just the idea of, you know, the scones and the muffins and the cupcakes. But you say... Don't let your penis or your lover's penis become a French fry. Don't consume That's exactly right. <laughs>
6: we don't want any French fry penises. <laughs> that
5: is know, just it, so it's really fun. As you
6: know, you're you're a vegan. And as you know, uh, in the early stages of adapting this type of a healthy lifestyle, it's hard because you know, we're so habitual. We eat meats, we eat the ungodly fishes that, you know, most of you think are health foods and they're disasters for you. Then you say, well, gee, you know, I've given up meat, and I've given up chicken, I've given up fish, and I, I eat eggs, and each egg has 230 grams of cholesterol, knocks the heck out of you, your health, no less your libido. And then you say, well, milk, you know, I take milk and I take cheese. It's the number one cause of cancer, no question. Contributes greatly to cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and right down the list. And so what's left? Well, today there's so many beautiful vegan choices out there that it's not hard. And in my generation, you know, when I be, Anna Marie and I became vegans way back in the 60s and 70s, early 70s, and then it was an oddity. You'd have to actually, as you know, describe to people what a vegan is. Today it's become hip. I mean, when we have our former president is a vegan. And why? Because he was facing a cardiovascular problem again. And they, they said to him, look, if you go on a plant-based diet, you're going to get well. But why all of those diseases and why your sex life increases is because you have more blood flow, more healthy blood flow, stronger organs, stronger veins, stronger bone structure, and the consciousness that happens, like it or not, when you adapt a healthy diet and start to feed the body proper biochemistry is phenomenal. You know, it was like a cloud was lifted from my head when I became a vegan 41 years ago.
4: That's a beautiful way to describe it, It, and I, I think a lot of people find that, but you know, a lot of people today are perhaps not finding it because there are so many processed foods that appear to be vegan or organic or whole or whatever they all are, but they're still processed.
6: That's right. Well, you know, the fact of the matter is the more we eat organic raw food, the better it is, and you know... We, for 57 years here at Hippocrates, have gotten the sickest people from all around the world. Right now we have 17 countries represented here. Yes, we do allow Americans in, too. (laughs) And it's every kind of person. And after medicine has often failed with stage 4 cancers or whatever, they come here, they've adopted the lifestyle, they've gained a healthy self-respect, and they've gone and healed themselves by the tens of thousands. This isn't one or two. This isn't the exception. You know, as you pointed out, we're like the Harvard of healthcare. care. Well, the truth of the matter is people get that today, and even the mainstream today is starting to realize. So why would there be a big leap from healing cancer and improving your sexual vitality? I mean, anything that's good for you in one way is good for you in all ways.
4: Oh, this is so true. One of the best things anybody told me years ago was when you start to open up to a higher consciousness in life if this touches you anywhere it touches you everywhere so start with food start with exercise start with taking your vacation to the hippocrates health institute and expect your entire life including your sex life to change for the better so we need to have just a few wonderful announcements from the lovely people here at unity online radio and we'll be back to talk more about sex and also to talk about killer fish. Stay with us.
3: What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here are your hosts, Victoria and Adair.
4: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan. I'm your host, Victoria Moran, and I'm so honored today to have guests who are brilliant and articulate. They are just so fabulous. I could listen to these people forever. Dr. Brian Clement and Dr. Anna Maria Gans Clement, co-directors of the Hippocrates Health Institute. You can find out more about their work and about Hippocrates at www.hippocratesinst.com dot org, that's h i p p o c r a t e s. I-N-S-T dot O-R-G and if some of you are listening and you haven't quite put two and two together the Doctors Clement are in the tradition of Dr. Ann Wigmore that many of you know about from, from uh, bringing wheatgrass juice and and sprouting and fermented foods to this planet and helping so so many people and uh, Doctors Clement are carrying on in this wonderful healing tradition the books we're talking about today. Today are seven keys to lifelong sexual vitality, and also their previous book, which I am very excited about, which is called Killer Fish. So, Dr. Brian, you mentioned oysters and said those aren't really good for having a great sex life, but what about fish in general? So many experts say, well, you have to have salmon, you have to have cold water fish.
6: Well, probably one of the greatest uh, successful campaigns of deception. I've seen in my professional career is this idea that fish is a health food and that fish oil is a healthy thing for you. Uh, These are the most untruthful, deceptive, and frightening things that come out of the mouths of so many well-meaning professionals. I mean, when you trace back, as I have uh, thoroughly and in total, What we find in fish today and what fish really is containing, uh, even without the added attractions from man's uh, dumpage, uh, they're not meant to eat. Uh, Many people think, I do not eat meat, but I eat fish. Well, the difference between meat that you see on the New York Thruway when you're driving called a cow or maybe a chicken and one that's below the ocean or below the lake or, or river Uh, It's meat, and it has saturated fat in it. I don't know why seemingly nobody understands that. Uh, It has saturated fat, the same type you would find in steak, the same kind you would find in the skin of of a poultry. Number two, when you take a fish from its natural environment, within 20 to 30 minutes, uh, the fats and oils inside of it become something called a lipid peroxide. A lipid peroxide is a very well-known and a well-established cancer-causing element. The fish oil is even more agrivis, more problematic. A colleague of ours in Denmark went and visited the largest of all fish oil manufacturers in the world. At one point, they were producing 60% of all the fish and krill oil on the planet. And he actually got the president of the company to admit in writing that they put three well-known cancer-causing chemicals in it to deodorize it, to stabilize it, to make sure the colors are good. And besides the lipid peroxide, which it causes cancer, now we're putting known cancer-causing chemicals in it. Now let's go back to the big elephant in the room here. Everyone knows that mercury is in fish. How many of you know that every fish tested over the last 15 years by the top oceanographic scientists in the world, also have plastics in them. How many of you know that 80% of all fish tested, we're now talking about uh, hundreds of thousands of fish with different universities, organizations, fisheries globally, that all of that 80% of the fish have human pharmaceutical drugs in it. How many of you know that when they tested the cleanest bodies of water on Earth, little lakes in the North Pole, the South Pole, streams, Lapland in Norway, northern Canada, and they looked at two-inch male fish. Eighty percent of two-inch male fish were now transsexual females because of plastics. How many of you know in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, the largest dump site on the planet Earth is there? It's plastics. Many people who go over the, the Pacific Ocean on boats, they see this. They have to go around it to avoid it. This is a large part of the state of California, the size. We actually have films of a new documentary uh, on plastics on this planet where they go below the water and show you the poor little fish are eating the plastic because it looks like plankton. And when that water evaporates and goes up into the clouds, and those clouds end up in the North Pole, South Pole, and in your neighborhood, it's dumping not only water, it's dumping plastics on you. And this goes on and on and on. Uh, If anyone would like to challenge me to a debate anywhere on the planet Earth on fish being a healthy food and fish oil being a great source of omega-3, I will take that challenge. And at the end of the day, I hope I will educate them, as I educate the public now with killer fish, to understand that they've been not only wrong, but frighteningly misleading people. Uh, fish is not a health food. Fish was never meant to be eaten by a human being. Uh, when we have worked with hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people and taking them all, all forms of animal-based food, including fish, dairy food, and all other meats, people come back to life. Those of us that live this way very successfully fight the premature aging process. We also see people come back from diabetes, cardiovascular disease, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's disease, cancers. Right down the list. And in great part, not in total, we do many other things than just diet, but in great part it is eliminating things like fish from their diet. Do you need to have animal based foods? The answer is absolutely not. You know, we have brought up four children, we have three grandchildren now. Not one of them have ever eaten an animal-based food, nor has one of them, even though they went right through college in most cases, uh, literally missed a day of school from being sick. Uh, All I can say to you is that the world is on the wrong track. And just because marketers from the fish industry have convinced you, and seemingly a lot of alternative and holistic doctors, that fish and fish oil is a great source for you of proteins and healthy oils, They're wrong. And the truth of the matter is, I may be the lone voice crying out now, but you wait. This is the watershed event that over the next decade, you're going to see people back away. Another frightening episode as we turn the pages is the top oceanographic scientists on the earth now tell us that the oceans will be dead and fished out by the year 2048. Now, I will repeat this so the listeners get what I'm saying the magnitude of what I'm saying, that the oceans are going to die by the middle of this century because we have overfished them. And that doesn't just mean we're not going to eat fish. That means we're all going to die because once the ecosystem of the oceans are gone, when we don't have the large fish that takes care of the little fish and cleans up the bottom of it, the oceans slowly but surely become a a walking cesspool. And... The plankton that's in there and, the, and the, the elements where we get the phytoplankton and the elements where we get oxygen and the diatoms are going to be dead because it's an interdependent system where one part of it, the plants need the fish and the fish need the plants. And when those fish are gone, we're gone.
4: Amen to that. Oh, my gosh, I would love to be in the front row for that debate. And if I run into someone who is preaching the doctrine of the fish, I will ask if he would debate you on this show. That would well, really... would love
6: to do it. We'll take a recording and send it to all of the other uh, knuckleheads who believe that.
4: Oh, that sounds good to me. <laughs> that was a beautiful, beautiful answer about the fish. I'm going to have to... Listen to that over again. You know, one of my favorite quotations is from Sylvia Earle, who was the former lead scientist for the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Institute. And she said, I wouldn't need a grouper any more than I'd need a cocker spaniel.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) I I should have written that in the book. (laughs) You
5: know, so
4: many men have been sold uh,
5: the goods that fish with omega-3 is going to help them with virility and... And their prostate, and it's the opposite. It actually doubled the risk of prostate cancer. You
6: know, yeah. You, know? if you look at the studies, it's just shocking that we're, yes. one guy is saying, even good natured doctors are saying how good fish oil is. When universities are showing you take it and it increases colon cancer, yep. uh, Michigan State University, uh, you look at the Finnish study on hundreds of thousands of men, as Anna just pointed out, prostate cancer rises. Heart disease, the big sales pitch from the fish oil industry, it increases cardiovascular arrest.
4: How is it that information that comes out in the scientific journals that is known in in the hallowed halls of academia gets so twisted by the popular media that people are walking around with so many misconceptions?
1: Well,
6: Well, we'll give you an example. Everything, unfortunately, comes down to marketing and money. So the one with the biggest and deepest pocket that has a vested interest is going to skew a study. I'll give you an example. A new study just came out three weeks ago from, uh, what was it, Boston College, I think. Yeah. And they actually said, as a headline, women who were pregnant when consuming fish oil, their children had one half of the attention deficit. Now when we read the study, the second line, it wasn't hidden somewhere at the bottom, The second line said, but women who consume fish oil during pregnancy had children with 70% more hyperactive attention deficit disorder. So what was the headline and what are they going to sell you? Are they going to say, by the way, this is a horrible thing for you because women who take fish oil, they have hyperactive attention deficit children 70% more than a woman who doesn't take fish oil. But you only heard the first line, and this is exactly how it's done. It's marketing, it's not science. It's what we call today checkbook science.
4: That's absolutely frightening. So people really have to keep their eyes and ears open.
6: Well, people have to listen to truth-tellers like you and Hippocrates Health Institute.
4: So they, they could change that fish
5: oil out to some really good stuff. They could, well, they could pour that fish oil over their plants and go and buy something good. <laughs>
4: That sounds wonderful. So just just give us the 60-second version about omega-3. I think it's so confusing for people. Obviously, it's an essential fatty acid. We need it. Where are we supposed to get it? How much? And why is it a problem for so many people?
6: Well, number one, uh, most Westerners and North Americans, we get too much omega-6 because in a lot of the products, including a lot of health foods, they have soy oil, and all kinds of oil that have too much omega-6. What's lacking, generally, is omega-3. Now, the fish oil took that you know, mantle and ran with it and have convinced everyone, lock, stock, and barrel, seemingly even the good doctors out there, that it's a great source because fish oil converts the plants that they eat. Remember, they eat plants to DHEA, and that humans do not do that. Well, you're talking to two doctors among hundreds of thousands, millions of people worldwide that we do not eat fish, and we have DHEA perfectly fine because human bodies do convert plant-based oils, omega-3, over to this DHA and DHEA. Now bottom line is the top sources of this are chia seeds. Sprouted flaxseed. This is the same thing with the sexuality we talk about. Hemp seed. In this country we're relegated not to sprout it. Uh things like walnuts, and all of these are incredibly good sources. The top source is blue-green algae. And why it's a top source is blue-green algae is, by the way, what the fish eats to convert it to DHEA. It also is exactly the essential fat and the form of of omega-3, 6, and 9 that the brain is structurally made of.
4: That makes so much sense. It's a lot better than mercury and arsenic. Smells better,
6: too. But you and I may know that. I don't know a lot of the listeners. They're out tonight eating salmon, which, by the way, 50% come from cesspools of China that are grown in factory farming fish that they are so anemic and just inhaling through their gills the fecal matter of the other fish that they cram in that they are riddled with bacteria that they have to paint them red. They paint them pink and red. And they give you a big story. They come from Eskimos who caught them by their hands. No, they came from China, cesspools.
4: Ah, reading between the lines is a great skill. Thank you so, so very much, Dr. Brian Clement, Dr. Anna Maria Clement, Check these people out. They know their stuff. Hippocratesinst.org. The books that we've talked about today, a couple of many, are Seven Keys to Lifelong Sexual Vitality and Killer Fish, How Eating Aquatic Life Endangers Your Health. Please be with us next week on Main Street Vegan Radio. We're going to be talking with uh, one of the authors of Apples, Bean Dip, and Carrot Cake, a cookbook for children, a largely cookless book for children, all vegan, and also Jenny Brown of the Woodstock Farm Animal Sanctuary and her book, The Lucky Ones. And I just want to close today with a quotation from Dr. Brian Clement that he was kind enough to uh, let me use in Main Street Vegan. He says, first... Choose to think positively. Then, act in a way that is consistent with those affirmative thoughts. Finally, fuel yourself with the beautiful banquet of vegetarian offerings so full of life they give you strength, vigor, and unlimited mental and physical potential. If that doesn't make you want to run right out and either run a marathon or fall in love, I don't know what would. Thank you so much, doctors. Thank you, listeners. Be back with us for more. Main Street Vegan and eat your veggies. Bye, all.
3: Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria and Adair Moran entertain, educate, and inspire you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria and Adair or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net.
0: What would a human
2: life, based on the principles of an evolutionary spirituality, look like? Reverend Kelly Isola wants to talk with people of every faith or no faith at all to passionately participate in the next great epic in the emergence of consciousness and culture. If the choice is ours to consciously evolve, then what can life look like at this pivotal time in human history? Join us each Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Spiraling Consciousness with host Rev. Kelly Isola, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Repeat the words, God is taking care of it and it will become clear that you are the channel and that God is the doer of good works through you.
3: This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity.
0: Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
1: Do you ask with childlike wonder, what is the nature of God? Who is Jesus? What is the Christ? How do we know what we know? When you ask these or other heart-centered questions about the non-physical, intangible aspects of life, you are, on some level, a student of metaphysics. New from Unity House and nearly five years in the making, Heart-Centered Metaphysics, a deeper look at Unity teachings is now available. This is Paul Hasselbeck, author of this quintessential study guide. Enjoy a deeper exploration of universal spiritual principles and truths, whether you are just starting or have been seeking for years. Each thought-provoking chapter of heart Center metaphysics speaks to truth-seekers like you, providing essential tools to help elevate your consciousness and create spiritual transformations in your outer life and circumstances. Order your copy today from the Unity Online Store at www.unity.org. Then click on Shop.
0: I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts.